Hello and welcome to Abe Mus Papam, episode 213, Pius III. Dear brothers and sisters, Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Abe Mus Papam. We start today with another cardinal nephew, Francesco Tedeschini Piccolomini, was born in 1439, most likely in Siena. His mother was the sister of Venius Silvio Piccolomini, who at this time was the secretary to the antipope Felix V, but we know will later become Pope Pius II. His nephew Francesco was encouraged to study by his uncle and eventually was brought with him in the 1450s when he spent some time in the chancellery of the Holy Roman Empire. While stationed with his uncle in Vienna, Francesco entered the university, and when his uncle returned to Italy, he seems to have returned as well and studied law in Ferrara. When his uncle became pope in 1458, Francesco's life took a dramatic turn. He, his uncle gave him all sorts of church appointments, which conveyed substantial income. I won't list them all out because we've seen it was the practice during this time to give people all sorts of roles and jobs without them ever actually taking the position or going to the place they've been appointed priest or deacon. It was more, than ju- more just for the title and the income. In March of 1460, when he was 21 years old, Francesco was named the Cardinal Deacon of San Eustachio. Likewise, in 1460, he was named the Archbishop of Siena. However, he was never actually ordained a bishop. He just held the title and was given an auxiliary bishop to do all the sacramental bishop things. As Cardinal, he had a variety of positions under his uncle to assist him with the governance of the church in Rome. When Pope Pius II died, Cardinal Francesco played various roles throughout the following pontificates of Paul II, Sixtus IV, Innocent VII, and Alexander VI. He always seemed to be there in the background and trusted with various roles and the crises of each of these popes faced, but oftentimes he was just passed over. In a couple of those conclaves, he came close to being elected, but for one reason or another wasn't chosen. He tended to end up in the opposition to Pope Alexander VI during his turbulent papacy, but to be honest, not much of what he did during these time periods was particularly interesting or worthy of notice. One of my sources that I go in, into for preparing these episodes has a list of embassies to various German countries or rulers, but it didn't seem to matter that much to the story overall. People liked him. He tried to avoid taking a stand in political matters. If things got dicey, like during Alexander the Sixth papacy, he just left Rome and went back to Siena. And while some sources claimed he was just as extravagant as the rest of the cardinals at his time and that he fathered several children, Pastor, one of the great scholars of this time, and others show evidence that in reality he was fairly modest, he was unassuming, and overall a decent cleric, keeping his promise of celibacy. Alexander VI, in his later days, included Cardinal Francesco as part of his commission on church reform, which probably speaks to his view that this was at least a pious man. But as we saw last week, that didn't really get off the ground. Pope Alexander VI died in August of 1503, and when his death came, a lot of confusion and violence. His son Cesare had an army in the city and was facing off against both the Orsini and Colonna family armies, and it looked like open warfare might take place. But after about a month of negotiation, the factions backed off, and the conclave was able to take place on September of 1503. At the conclave, the cardinals pledged themselves to church reform as the primary goal if any of them were elected. There were serious divisions in the college between the French candidate and the Italians, led by Cardinal Giuliano della Rovere. It was so divided, though, that it was clear that none of the factions could win, so they looked to Cardinal Francesco Piccolomini as a compromise. And as we said, as we said he was, he was well-liked. He wasn't a partisan of any one faction, so he was an easy compromise. Plus, he was getting up in years, and he wouldn't be around for too long. He was elected September 22, 1503, and he took the name Pius III after his uncle Pius II. 
And the Cardinals were right. He wouldn't be around for long. He was ordained a priest on September 30th and a bishop on October 8th. His first mass was celebrated in the Lateran Basilica, but his health prevented him from standing up. He had to have uh, a seat and celebrate the mass seated. His health worsened when a week later he attempted to appoint two new cardinals, one of which was his own nephew, and the rest of the cardinals rose up to stop him. And for hours, late into the evening, they debated with him, and his already weakened health plunged. On October 15th, he caught a pretty bad fever. and October 18th, he died. His pontificate was the short, eighth shortest in history, lasting only 27 days. He was buried in St. Peter's Basilica, and he was succeeded by one of the larger personalities in the history of the papacy, Pope Julius II, and we'll talk about him next week. Thank you for listening to Abemus Papa. You can find the rest of the Catholic Link podcast at catholiclink.org or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you and God bless you.